Okay, welcome dear listeners to a special cultural program. And I say that it's special because it's the first time that uh, we are recording out of uh, Musta Radio Studio, no Sebastian? Yes, indeed, and I think you are going to hear many things and many interference. For example, we just received uh, a beer and a coffee, so maybe that will change many things during this record. And even if uh, we are drinking a beer and a coffee, I want to get clear that we are working right now. <laughs> more than to, to add something more special to this cultural program, um, we are going to today to talk about something we wanted to record for a long time with Miguel, um, which basically is uh, speaking of animation. Yes. Um, concretely, Japanese animation. Yeah, important to, to precise, yeah. So Miguel, I think you've prepared many things to say about animation. Uh, so, as I don't want to start, I think I'm going to launch you and ask you this really serious question. What do you have to say? Mm. A lot of things, actually, because uh, if uh, we want to talk about Japanese animation, we are talking about a lot of decades, a lot of years of uh, really, really deep culture in Japan. Um, as I know that you are going to talk about, for example, some important periods for this, uh, this story. <coughs> but if we have to choose a name that uh, makes a breaking point in this uh, animation, in this uh, industry, I'm sure that you are agree, you agree with me if uh, I say that the most important realizator in this moment um, since the 1980s until now, maybe is Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, uh, or at least this is the more famous one in uh, in Western country. Um, I know that, for example, in France, yeah, when we are talking about Japanese animation, this is for sure the most known. So, if it's okay, Sebastian, may I, if I start to say, talk about some facts about uh, Miyazaki? About with pleasure, yeah, no problem. About his personal <coughs> career to begin. And I think that will be the perfect link for what I have to say after, so please come on. But do you know that, well, maybe that is not a surprise, but uh, Hayao Miyazaki started to work as a mangata? Oh, <laughs> and he's Japanese, no? And he's Japanese. <laughs> oh, amazing. But I think that maybe we can close the cultural program with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I will finish to drink my beer. <laughs> but I want to specify because he's sad in the last years in, in animation. Because uh, practically everybody, every industry use uh, 3D animation, CGI. But it's not the case of uh, Miyazaki. That practically he he never used this technology. All his work are drawn by hand. So could you imagine the amount of hours and work that uh, this guy and his study studio Ghibli has to dedicate to each film? But it's normal if you think that he's a, if an artist. Um, the artist needs time. And that, that is another important part that I want to talk uh, later. The artist needs time to create uh, his personal 
work. Um, I want to say also that uh, the, the work of Miyazaki is influenced by many different kinds of manga. Because uh, if uh, we talk about manga, we have to differentiate. We have to differentiate between some kind of a style, some kind of a different story that the creators make. For example, there is one that is called Shoujo in Japanese, and these kind of stories are deep and personal. Are basically dramas that put a really big effort in in the design of the, in the costume design. And that is one of the influences of Miyazaki. But also is I influenced the Chonen manga. The Chonen manga is the, I think it is the, the famous one, at least in Occidental. Never heard about it. Chonen manga? No. Is for example One Piece, is Naruto. Ah, okay. Is this manga created basically for teenagers? about adventures, about uh, fights, action. And w when Miyazaki uh, started to change from mangaka to animation and to, to work for some studio? That was in, in the middle of the 70s. Middle of the 70s, isn't it the moment when the mangaka industry was really changing by itself and becoming more industrial and I mean I don't have a lot of knowledge about the evolution of the mangaka universe and I'm sure you do yes I I could say that yes Mitsasaki okay. uh, started to work that uh, for Toei Animation Studio this studio maybe is not uh, maybe you don't know nothing about this studio me neither before make the research but this studio is the creator of uh, Dragon Ball mm. or One Piece nowadays. And <laughs> Miyazaki, working for this studio, he participates in the creation of some mangas. For example, do you have any idea about uh, which one? In which one? Manga, Miyazaki? Manga, no, anime, sorry. Anime? Yeah, of course I have some precise name, but from Studio Ghibli, but before that, honestly... Uh... Working for Toei Animation, mm -hmm. Miyazaki was one of the creators of Heidi. Oh, nice. And Sherlock Holmes. Didn't see this, this adaptation. 70s adaptation. Ooh. 70s anime adaptation. Wow, okay. But uh, his first movie still working for this uh, studio before creating uh, Ghibli, Studio Ghibli, was uh, Cagliostro Castle in 1979. Never heard. Even until his first success was uh, some years later in 1984. Um, I'm sure that you know this uh, movie, Nausicaa. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think this is one of my favorite, but you know, you already know it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that was the beginning of uh, this unstoppable career in Japanese animation. Uh, uh, I've always been sure that he, okay, Nozika is his first success, but maybe the first time he really pierced in the, the Western European um, country was with uh, Shiro, basically. Isn't it? That's interesting. It's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. I know. Because, of course. <laughs> Of course, Nausicaa was a success, but only inside Japanese yeah. frontiers. 
but after that, as you say, maybe it was Chihiro, but I think that uh, there was a special moment with uh, Princess Mononoke. Oh yeah, that's true. That was a great success inside uh, Japanese. I think that in, in this moment was, uh, how to say that? The, the movie that makes more money in Japanese. Uh, mm, um, not the best sellers, but uh, yeah. The number one in the ranking. In the of, box office, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, maybe that's supposed uh, a breaking point for Miyazaki because after that, he made uh, Chihiro. Mm. I don't know the English name for Chihiro. Uh, Chihiro Journey, maybe. Something maybe. like that. Ah, but I, I think that our listeners understand. Yeah, if you are listening this program and you are still here, that means that you love animation and you know what we are talking about. You are the good ones. Yes. Um, what do you know about uh, Chihiro? The repercussions of uh, Chihiro? Uh, I don't know anything, but I can try to guess. Because he's, um, I think this is the first movie that he directs and in which he's trying to recreate uh, a lot of Japanese tradition, legend, and culture thing. Maybe that has, as first uh, consequence, as um, lead the interest of Japanese person about all these questions and all these matters. Yep. Um, it's a strange. If uh, the movie talk about that things, as you say, mm -hmm. if it's strange that. Uh, that was a really successful movie in Occident, in a completely different culture. Yeah, actually that's not a surprise for me. When you go back, for example, in, in the, the 18th century and you think about this uh, Orientalism, which oh. was basically, you know, this passion of uh, things in general, culture, oh. books and painting from, uh, and sculpture as well, from Asia, Asia in general, like Japan, China, even Thailand or this kind of thing in European country, we have this kind of common imagination about all these things. And we, for example, got exactly kind of the same with Egyptology or this kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that people got this passion for, for, for this kind of other culture thing. Now, as you say, <laughs> if you say, I have to chat my words. Um, I agree with with you, <laughs> <laughs> But by the way, Chihiro was the the first Academia Award for Miyazaki, the first Oscar to the best animation movie. So that was the international recognized for for Miyazaki um, mm. for a work that he was doing in. Japan since since the 80s or the 90s. I mean, uh, what was the year of uh, of release of this movie? <coughs> yeah, because I am um, 2001, I think. 2001. Wow. And this is uh, Shiro. Yes. Okay. Yes. Was it in 2001? I mean, I think. Okay, the animation is really amazing, but what? also mark many people, I think, for Miyazaki and his work. And what makes the, the thing really interesting is that, in the contrary of, if you can compare it to Disney, you are not in this all white or, or dark characters. The most obvious one is, um, for sure, Princess Mononoke, for sure, because nobody is white or green in this, because you have this hero which is from a village, but he killed uh, a god. You have this um, 
you have the lady which is at the, at the head of the, this forge with all the, the ex-prostitutes or this kind of thing, which is basically seeking for killing the nature and deforest uh, a total life land, but at the same time she's doing it in the purpose to make possible for the people to live a better life. And you have at the same time Mononoke, which is basically fighting for wildlife and for unprotected uh, animals or this kind of thing, but she has spent so much time with animals that she has even lost any kind of uh, uh, forgiveness. She cannot forgive because she's beca she became wild herself. That is in, in really interesting, as you said, because there is no evil characters in Miyazaki in Miyazaki movies. No, there is no. There is great characters. Yes, and Miyazaki want to talk about this complexity in the in the society. And I think this is a reason for which Miyazaki uh, movies have been some, such a hit in Western countries, because. Basically, uh, the only point of comparison that we have, speaking of animation and, and not movie, but really animation, that was Disney. And Disney is always about uh, yeah. look at look at Mulan or this kind of thing. This is a strong personage. There is the good, there is the bad. But in the middle, nothing. Um, now that you mentioned Princess Mononoke, the real hero in Mononoke is not the princess and is not the, this lady. These two characters represent the two fight, the two force that is are fighting in the in the world yeah and as in the real world but the real hero is as as is you they think are, so yes because the the real hero always in miyazaki movies are looking for avoid the conflict are looking for uh, stop all the fights and in general all his characters in in his movies fight yeah but because they have to yeah but all of them suffer using the violence mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Even in a, in a movie as old and as ecologically engaged as uh, Pompoko, this is basically about kind of squirrel living in the suburb of uh, Tokyo at the moment uh, during which the city is growing up after the war and there is more and more people so they are basically taking the forest and cutting down the trees. And this is about these animals who forgot that they can be magic, but they have magic. And they have to fight they don't want to, well, even with this silly, childish and ecological uh, fairy tale, I would say, you have this dilemma about violence and sh should they use it or, or not, and even if they do so, they lose at the end. And there is al always this idea of you can use violence, but you will not win. Yes. Um. <coughs> What do you think uh, about the topics in Miyazaki movies? Because uh, we were talking about some of them, like the, the ecologism. You mean, what are the, the main topics? Yes. Because I think that there is one that results overall, that is uh, war versus pacifism. Actually, yeah, there is a war versus pacifism for sure. Or actually, not 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 that much. Actually, not that much war against pacifism. This is for a huge part. You can try and want to be pacifist, but at the end, at the end, there is no point because there is people looking for violence too. So you have to be able to defend yourself. And the meaning is that you sh maybe that's personal interpretation. 
maybe you should seek for peace but be prepared for war and even if you want to be peaceful you cannot avoid it. you can try for example look at this prince in princess Mononoke. the guy is looking for peace and he said this is look here to look in the world with peaceful eyes and no judgment but in the end even this guy is forced to, to, to fight at some point even if it's for stopping the fight he has to fight so maybe the point is war is kind of inevitable or violence or if you are a truly pacifist person look at in the moving castle think about it the, the hero in the moving castle is a pacifist because he's against all this idea of war and he's running away from this idea of jungling the army in the name of the king etc 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 and mrs suleiman but at the end you can see him in the, in many scenes fighting and destroying some planes who are about to bombard a city so even the pacifists have to fight yeah. but as you say before Miyazaki movies is not white against black um, even for that uh, we have a lot of complexity in these in these movies in these stories okay because uh, we we can talk about for example there are a lot of feminine characters a lot of women in the Actually, yeah, in, a, in the main role, um, there are a, a really big importance, I think, uh, that Miyazaki concedes to Europe, to the European continent mm. in the movies. But I think that the, you have a, a lot of information that you want to share about uh, war. Yeah, actually, that's interesting because we started to talk about this idea of Miyazaki and the way he's treating the violence team, and I think that's Basically, the moment that's interesting because the moment he was releasing his first known and acknowledged movie, as you said, uh, which was Nozika, that's exactly the moment when most of the movie production of uh, Japanese animation started to speak about uh, the war and the traumatism of war upon the, the population. And even uh, one of the other most famous uh, Studio Ghibli movies and which is not from Miyazaki but from one of his co-workers and I'm obviously speaking about The Grave of the, the Fireflies was released kind of the same period and he's treating, maybe he's distinguished himself by the way that he's not speaking directly about this topic he's creating kind of an imaginary world to speak about this for example if you look at uh, My Neighbor Totoro, Totoro okay. you have this um, reference indirectly to the war you know that this is after the war this is around 1950 this is a family in the countryside and you can see Totoro this kind of imaginary thing creature which is able to make to take a burn earth and to make relief uh, trees and grass and to create life after death so you have always I think this idea and for another example if you take Nausicaa and you look at the generic that I really love for the music but also for the animation you have this fairy tale not fairy tale actually but this tale this legend about creature able to burn and to destroy the hurt in in one day but don't you think that is normal because uh, Miyazaki was born in 1941 so he was raised for uh, these people who live Hiroshima and Nagasaki Ex exactly but this is the interesting part is that basically and I'm going to make just a little history of Japanese animation to, to answer to your question okay uh, because what makes the difference is that Miyazaki has is the 
child of his generation about the way he's treating, he's speaking about this, uh, not the way actually, by the fact that he's speaking about this traumatism of war and he's doing it at the same time as other realizers because there is kind of a release at a precise time. So basically, if you wish, um, before the Second World War in Japan, uh, the animation movies that was not movies that was short ones short realization 20 minutes 30 at best really at best uh, speak about legend uh, legend of Japanese tra tradition of course but um, during the, the, the war and as the following the same process as uh, Disney in USA animation movie has started to be used as a propaganda support for child showing them with the enemy and you know encouraging the you mean about the Cold War no, no, I'm, I'm talking about the, for example, the Mickey Mouse uh, or Donald Duck episode that you can see that have been released dur during the Second World War. Ah, during the Second World War. Yeah, okay. and there is actually a one which is really funny. This is Donald Duck uh, living as a, as a Nazi citizen. I don't, I don't know if you've seen this one. It's a really good one. Um, that's just funny to see Donald Duck with the swastika on, on the arm, but that's another story. <laughs> I think this is available on YouTube, dear listeners, so if you want to have a look at it, this is interesting and you will see that's interesting to see Donald Duck opening and reading my camp. Wow. So basically, in Japan, the animation movie was used to do exactly the same. And the more most maybe known example of this and the interesting part this is the first um, featured movie long movie so which was released in 1944 was uh, Momotaro Sared Sailors which is basically about a propagandistic movie ordered uh, to the most famous realizator at this time by the Imperial uh, Navy and basically that was the first movie, so that was kind of a propagandistic movie. And the funny fact is that right after the Second World War, the movie stayed and remained uh, propagandistic. So yeah, right after the Second World War, uh, the movie remained propagandistic and not seeing or... Uh, I mean, a little bit more complex because the idea was to show uh, American imperialism uh, and the more easy way at this time was to put Mickey Mouse, which, has the, which is the perfect symbol for that, as a, an angry and violent character. And in contradiction, there was uh, some Japanese hero. So basically, there is nothing really surprising. And um, even if we want to push a little bit more this analyze at the same time, so that means after the Second World War, Hollywood has been doing the same, but not with animation, but with movies. And maybe here is the big split, actually, between uh, animation American way and animation, animation from Japanese way, is that animation in American way stopped to be polit political, or I would say serious, after uh, the Second World War when the studio had been free and there was not this war pressure. Yeah, there was another pressure, no? Yeah, yeah, money, maybe, money yeah pressure, no? exactly. Yeah. This, this international, we are the, lead, the cultural leader right now, so we, there is the money pressure. Okay. But the Japanese one stayed during this time to, to this kind of, not propagandistic, but traditional, I would say, way. Nationalist? And the, nationalist at the same time, yeah, because that was not a, a worldwide diffusion. And they started to do something different at the, during the 90s but to stay close to my idea uh, 
what the animation movie in Japan has been doing. This is exactly what Hollywood, as real film, has been doing with, for example, for the one of you who have seen this classic war movies from Hollywood, Midway, which was released in 1976, uh, The Longest Day, which is in 1962, and even more closer to us, Saving Private Ryan, which is another another propagandistic movie about America, America, which yes. this one was realized, it released in 1998, which is not so far away from us, actually. Yeah. Well, actually, this is because this is 21 years ago, but... Yeah, but I consider that this movie is really close. Yeah, me too, but because we are, we are getting really old. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, for going back to this... And another example of counterpart of these movies, but for Japanese animation, would be, for example, Animentari um, Ketsudan, which is basically uh, an animation series about the different steps of and battlefields uh, of the Pacific War. But this is an animation, an animation one, and this is uh, explaining strategic and this kind of thing, which is kind of really serious, but this is kind of the same that Hollywood was doing. But the real transition, as I said at first to answer to your question, happened in the 1980s, which basically is the moment when Nausicaa was realized, but also Grave of the Fire Falls, um, and other others history like that. For example, I have I can speak about uh, Barfoot Jen, which is about a family living in Nagasaki just before the bombing, and just before and after and you are following them uh, till 1953 and this is about this family what happened about, about after the bombing you have also um, maybe Akira yeah actually yeah uh, you have Chochan Nugatari, which was realized in 1986 and all these movies and series are based on the, um, novels and writing from people of the generation of Miyazaki actually who've lived this experiment and are not talking about the war as something interesting for the for the American point of view will say which is oh we have our army we are defending ourselves this is about brave people no all these novels about are about common people who are living it and the tragedy of these people and this is kind of the breaking point and if you look at the realization of Miyazaki Miyazaki is doing something which is really in the imagination land but that happened always to ordinary people I would say more or less except from I would say the fairy tale like Mononoke because this is I mean this is a prince and princess but you look at Shiro you look at uh, even wind rises or uh, the, castle in the, sky. the castle in the sky actually there is a princess but the counterpart the boy is a common boy he's a poor he's without parents but this is ordinary people so for this maybe Miyazaki is influenced by his generation but he's doing it a different he's speaking about the same thing but with a totally different universe and maybe is that why Miyazaki is so well known in Western country because of all these imagination things indifferent with the other authors and just an example to speak about this really realistic realization uh, if you look at the grave of the fire falls uh, did you see it no 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 okay but um, prepare a lot of uh, piece of paper you have to cry because uh, because this one is about I will not Spoiler, okay, spoiler alert. 
Only a little, please. Okay, only a little. Basically, the idea is about uh, Seita and his little sister, uh, Setsuko. I think maybe Setsuko is eight or six, and Setsa might be ten or twelve, no more. And basically, this is the idea of these two child. Uh, their father has been taken away by the Imperial Navy, so they are just living with their mother uh, in Kobe. But um, stuff luck for them. This is the moment when uh, the American uh, army is uh, bombing Kobe and their mother is killed, not killed unfortunately, but burned severely during the, the bombing and die in a lot of suffer after that. And this is all about they are going to the countryside, living to their hunt, but they decide for many reasons to live by their own. And this is about this child, orphan, in the middle of the Japan at, at war, and how they are going to manage it. Do you mean that uh, these creators prefer to talk about the, the suffering of the civilian people? Yes. In and this conflict? Yes, and I think this is the transition. Because before they, they've been used to speak about military thing and putting the military in, in, in the front of the stage. For example, if you look at Albator, which is a great animation series from the 80s, basically the main character, Albator, his spaceship is the Yamamoto, which is basically the battleship, one of the more famous battleships of Japanese Navy during the Second World War. So there was still this symbol of war and army. But now in this kind of realization, they don't care about anymore about this army things, hero, this is about common people. And more than it, how they used to live during this period. Mm. and suffer. It's interesting because I think that they, about your words, that they use the, I mean, not they use the nationalism, but yes, they use the nationalism only to defend their own, their own culture, their own traditions, but not to encourage the country to to start again a conflict to rule the war. <laughs> that is completely different, for example, with the American movies. Yeah. But I'm also surprised about the, the imagination of the Japanese creators at the time to create a different universe, different characters and a story that we cannot expect in Occident, in Occident animation movies. Um, I'm talking about sci-fi movies uh, we mentioned before Akira and Akira is from 1980s and even nowadays uh, we cannot expect something so rapture no, in, in this moment. Maybe the difference is that Japanese animation is using this background of tradition, of culture, to be the support and the basics of a story. If you look at the counterpart, I would say the more known world, worldwide would be Pixar or Disney. I'm sorry to say so, but they are from a country which has no culture. The USA is a young country, they don't have any culture, they don't have any tradition, they don't have any legend. They are just taking things from other countries, putting a lot of capitalist idea on it, and poof, they have something. Of course, I'm a little bit extreme and I'm saying so, but let's be honest, not so far away. That is okay for the United States, but what about Europe? 
Yeah, but that seems that uh, we don't have uh, any culture, but that's not true. Yeah, but do we have uh, any studio of creation of movies or animation thing in Europe? I know that because uh, you talk with me out of the mic about uh, one example in France, no? Yeah, uh, I was talking. I know what you're saying. Talking about, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the, the Gobelin school of in Paris, which is really good. But and actually, there is a lot of ID. If you look at um, and one advice for you, uh, listeners, if you like to see some short animation movie, you should look at um, this uh, Gobelin and of uh, studies movies, which are available on YouTube, and most of them in English or subtitled in English, and some of them you don't need any subtitle because there is no speech, this is just about the image and the sound so you can perfectly understand it yeah there is this one but this is just end of story after that this guy enter in the, f the walk so they have to walk for some somebody they are going to walk for Ubisoft which is obviously French uh, so video games or they are going to walk for Pixar or Disney but there is no society of production there is really good independent animation movies sometimes in Europe but that's that's not so much and they are not so much playing about uh, European folklore if you look at and you think about it yeah so maybe the problem is that is there, there is a monopoly of this industry that is Hollywood not Hollywood because this is a little bit different but this movie system yeah with all this American complex which normally are not ours you know all this debate each time that Disney is releasing a movie like about oh this is cultural appropriation and oh you're not putting the, the, the woman in the backstage or this kind of thing are much more American society problems so we are taking which is not ours and that's a shame because yeah Europe has as well as Japan and Asia in general a lot of things to say America not no yeah Nothing, practically because uh, they kill the real American culture. <laughs> but I, I mean the Indians. <laughs> but you mentioned, and um, for me it's uh, really interesting, the role of the video games, and video games companies, in, because that, that is also animation. Yeah. And for me it's important because one of my favorites, if not is my favorite uh, manga, is uh, Berserk. Um, it's curious because one of my favorite video games, Dark Souls, is practically uh, the same universe as uh, Berserk, making a video game. Uh, what do you mean exactly by the same universe? Because um, maybe that could be interesting for some of you, maybe dear listeners, if you don't know Dark Souls, to make a little introduction about this game and Berserk as well, because Okay, Dark Souls, if you are a little bit gamer, you've heard about it, but Berserk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Souls is a video game about a dark fantasy story, practically. <laughs> and also, if, uh, if you are novel in this material, it's, uh, well, um, I mean, it's really complicated. It's a really complicated game. It's not for casuals. Uh, if you are not happy about the way you are losing or dying in Skyrim, you should not even even dare to think to maybe have a little thought about playing to Dark Souls. Because the main point of Dark Souls is to die and to learn of your 
mistakes. Yes. Uh, and Skyrim is basically the, the newbie games in comparison. <laughs> and Berserk is uh, actually is a really old manga because this manga is started in 1980s, in 1988 or 1981, no, 89. I don't remember now. But for me, it's funny because if you think about that, other mangas are, for example, One Piece started uh, 10 years after. Um, in this moment, has One Piece has uh, the double or the triple of episode as uh, Berserk. Because uh, his author, the author of Berserk, take his time to create uh, the story, to create the next episode. Which is uh, really an amazing exception when you look at the mangaka industry, I mean. And I'm yeah. really saying industry because there is no other, other world. Yes. Because uh, um, I'm not kidding. Between one episode and the next of Berserk, could spend six, seven or eight months of work. But for other mangas, uh, one piece because is uh, the example we have had new episodes every week every week and I think that that is a problem yeah actually um, yeah for sure that's a problem and not only for the creation of the manga but also when you have to re release uh, a series and animation the animation movie based on the manga yeah that's a huge problem and for the one which are following I would say one of the more trendy animation from Japan right now you know what I mean uh, that could lead some some awful things I don't know if you you, uh, you agree with me but I think the, that the successful kills, kills the quality Saitama knows nothing something about it yeah yes one punch man is a good example yeah that's a perfect example for that um, this is always this calculation between wait for making something technically great but take the risk the huge risk to lose the trend or to do it right now and to do something which which will disappoint the fan but at the other at the same point will continue to conquer the new fan because the trend is growing because this is released soon so even a bad buzz is good for for the money yeah and uh, one punch man yeah, is a perfect example of that because when you are looking at it and I think maybe you would agree, Miguel, is that they just took the manga, put colors on it, and basically that's, that's it. All. Yeah, that's all. And I'm sure that you know that, but for the first season of One Punch Man, they choose uh, some independent animators, the best ones in, in Japan. Um, they let them to, I don't, I don't know, but a, a lot of time to work to create a really good thing, um, the result is obviously uh, perfect. But for the second season, the other hand, money, 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 money because uh, they wanted to to have uh, the product as soon as possible. Yeah, because of the trend. So yeah, but returning to to Berser. That is a, a really good story and a really good uh, drone in the manga. Mm -hmm. 
I cannot say the same for the adaptations in anime because uh, that is another story but Berser has uh, different adaptations mm -hmm. the first one is from 1999 or 98 and it's a really good one it's one of my of my favorite but the last one that is for the last year <laughs> I don't know if I can say that but it's a uh, a really huge amount of cheat, <laughs> of 3D and technical cheat, and I cannot recommend this anime to our listeners. How many seasons in total? Oh, not, not too much, because uh, as I say you, there is not too much uh, numbers of episodes of the manga. Mm. I think that in this moment it's going to for 300 and something episodes. Yeah, not too much. It's not too much if uh, we consider that uh, this manga started uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> so, but it's funny because of Hidetaka Miyazaki, another different Miyazaki, <laughs> the creator of uh, Dark Souls, is a really huge fan of uh, Berserk, a confessed one. And it's not a secret that they, they took a lot of influence of Berset from Dark Soul. Um, I'm talking about the, the armor of the character mm -hmm. that are completely the same. The, the weapons, mm -hmm. the swords, the bows. And do they took uh, as well as this idea of a dark world uh, without light? I mean, when, when I'm saying about light, I'm not, not only saying literally, but I'm also saying about open good and this is just evil mm. because for me this is one of the characteristic characteristic of dark souls this idea of a kind of chaotic world i would say chaotic chaotic world ah yes, of course uh, i i'm not talking only about the the items mm. i'm talking also about the story uh, both game and manga present worlds that go beyond the classic medieval fantasy. <laughs> they are hostile, cruel and decadent universe that speak about how the human being is no more than a creature, a slave, by a superior force that transcends mortal limits. Um, if you think about it, it's depressive. But at the same time, both the manga um, and video game are talking about uh, the, the, the effort, the human capacity to fight against uh, the worst war possible and defeat it. So there is a hope in these stories. Maybe I'm pushing a little bit too more, but isn't it there? kind of an, an analogy of this after Second World War traumatism, you know, burned land, radiation, no hope in humanity because if you can erase, uh, decide to erase uh, 1,000 people just with one bomb and you know that you are going to do so, there is no hope in humanity, but even so you have to continue to fight and look at the Japanese society which totally raised up after the war and became even the second uh, worldwide uh, economy power. Yes, yes, I don't have information about that, but it's, it's pretty obvious, no? Mm. Uh, 
that these are. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you have this material in the real world, <laughs> why not to use that in? Uh, yeah, for sure. Mm. In a fantasy world, but finishing now with this uh, topic about Berserk and Dark Souls. For me, it's interesting the previous conversation about the actual problems in the industry, because it's a real problem, if we can say that this, uh, this is slavery of the animators, pushing to create as soon as possible the, the work. Actually, I would like to, if you agree, be well to push this idea with uh, What Punch Man in particular, because I'm a huge fan of this series, and for me this is catastrophic with what's happening. Yes. Really disappointed this uh, second season. Actually, maybe for two reasons, but this is personal. The first one, maybe, is because of the season by itself, because of what the manga was saying, because for sure this is much more based on the others hero from the hero association more than on Saitama story but also the way all the season is treated because there is for example yesterday we've been looking with Miguel the eighth episode of the season and there is so much sexual reference I sometimes I have the, the feeling I've, I think I've watched one or two episodes of One Punch Man before for reasons I mean I would say by accident and I was Okay, there is a lot of sexual reference or this kind of thing, as like in many animation movies. But in the season of What One Punch Man, she's everywhere because it's grateful. There is no, there is no sense to put this sexual reference. And we are talking about uh, yeah. naked asses, really big boobs. It's yeah, not only boobs. Look at the sister, the little sister of Tornado. All the zoob when you see her at first, all the zoob are on her boobs, on her body, and her, her pussy. And I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fuck. Sorry, what the heck? <laughs> and uh, this series disappointed for the animation, for the fight. You are not even more enjoying the fight. And even the way they are treating, you know, they are one of the strength of One Punch Man was this ability to mix really serious drawing with a minimalist drawn, I would say. For example, Tornado, when you have a situation, the character is, okay, what the heck is happening? I don't give a, a f about something, <laughs> a beep about something. Uh, and you have this minimalist drawing in the middle of this, this really serious one. Now they are putting it, but randomly, without any meaning. Yeah. Um, without any limit. <laughs> This. They, they are abu abusing a lot of these uh, records. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to think that is uh, their only idea. The only idea to, to create this season of One Punch Man. They cannot understand the, the reason that make the first season of One Punch Man one of the best anime that I've ever seen. Yeah. And they've even read, read the concept of we know that Saitama can destroy everybody. I mean, there is no suspense. Even if the character in front, the devil or the evil one or the semi gray one, think that he's the best one, you know that he's going to, to destroy him. That's, that's a fact. But they are ruining this idea of uh, 
this moment of the punch, they are just putting it as a fan service. This is my feeling. This yeah, is yeah. the fan service when, when he's punching. Yeah. And even this uh, basic drum of uh, Saitama faces when he is uh, completely out of the game, uh, he doesn't care about this moment. They are using this this service a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And as you say, and I agree, that it's only fan service. Fan service, sexual reference, and the worst fight that you can see in whatever anime. That is the second season of One Punch Man. That's a shame. Yeah. And as you say, that is not only a problem of the animators, that is a problem about the people that take decisions in, in the script. Because I'm sure that the, the manga is another kind of a story if uh, we take in consideration the first season of One Punch Man. And actually, I'm going to do something like if we, if we were a real radio, if you, dear listeners, and you are not ghosts and we are not recording in the, in the middle of nothing, and for no one, if you are looking at it, please, please, on the comment on the Facebook page, share some information if you have read the manga tell us if it's the same we i'm planning to do the same but i would be really glad if you can say at least to me i think big one maybe can would be interested if this is the same in the manga i mean if they are really following the story with some abbreviation of course they are cutting something because there is a difference between the manga and what you can put on the screens on the screen for for reason that i mean it's obvious is that, is that the same in the manga, or are they totally writing differently the story? Honestly, a friend of mine said me that this story is kind of the same, in the meaning that uh, put so much attention in the other heroes of the association, and not in Saitama, but that is the only thing. There is no this uh, sexual service sexual reference there is no this stupid moments in some time no no it's only that uh, the story put the focus in the other in the other heroes mm. but that is okay for, for me I mean the story could be a little more boring but if uh, if uh, can keep the emotion the the interest in uh, another fact, I don't have any problem if uh, Saitama is in uh, second place by the moment. But that is not my impression with this season of One Punch Man. Another thing is also the time that they are taking, taking to speak about something which in the previous season was closed in two episodes. Look for example about this arena contest which is supposed to take place in one, in one day. This is taking the whole season. Maybe this is the whole meaning of the manga. So, okay, let's, let's, let's assume that. But the way the story is told is much more slower. And I have the feeling to be back into... I'm exaggerating, but in, be back in Attack on Titan. It's exactly the same. You are in the middle of a fight. It's taking all season, basically, kind of. And the, hopefully that didn't happen yet exactly in, in One Punch Man. But in the middle of the fight, the, the, the hero or the, the, the fighter is like, hmm, what did I eat this morning? I don't remember. <laughs> Just what? <laughs> I can go even farther. Um, I can say that for me, it's not like Attack on Titan, it's like uh, Dragon Ball. Mm. 
the tournament uh, take eight, nine episodes to, to finish. Um, sorry, but for me it's not interesting. <laughs> yeah. And you have this, in the middle of that, this, that's even worse because this is not only about the contester and the guy, the competitors, this is about Satama, which, oh, I was pooping. Yeah. Okay, that's the joke. Okay. No, that's not... And if you make this joke once, it's okay. Yeah. But uh, how many times they repeat the same argument? Two or three, I think, honestly. And it's not funny. Um, it's a little annoying for me. But that is a personal problem. It's a personal opinion, and maybe for other for other people it's a great season. Um, my respect. <laughs> No, actually, uh, stop to listen to us if you are in this team, because I don't have anything to say to you. <laughs> um, another thing that I want to talk about is, for example, I want to use again Berserk as an example. Berserk has uh, 300 and something episodes until now. Another mangas has uh, at least, I don't know, 800-900 episodes. They mm, doesn't want only, they don't want only to have a new episode every week. They want to explode uh, the stories until no recommendable limits. Because a good story has to die in some moment. You cannot have a story for 30, 40 years, you cannot make, uh, I mean, Star Wars is a good example of that. <laughs> If something had to die, please kill it. Yeah, but at the, at the, on the other hand, I mean, you kind of all already answered to this question, but do, don't you think this is, that could be, this argument could be put for Berserk? No, because Berserk take, is a long story, a lot of time, but only talking about uh, real about real years but if you look at the story better take a lot of time but only if uh, we look about the real years because uh, it started uh, 30 years ago but if you look at the story the real story of Berset is really short 300 episodes is nothing talking in this universe talking about manga but yes of course if you have to die please kill it Have you seen, watched, or read the One Piece? Because I've never, ever. No, 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 never. But uh, I've seen and I've read the anime and the manga of Naruto, for example. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same. Um, Naruto could be a great story if uh, they put a finish in the middle. <laughs> in the middle of Naruto. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. The only reason to, to explode this story so much was obviously to earn more money. Because it's a money-making machine. That's all, it's an industry. That is the problem of these days. And do you think the, the fan from the first hour, from the beginning for Naruto or uh, One Piece are still stick to, to the story? They are still following it? Or this is new generation who arrived and follow it? I think that uh, more of them are the new generation. Because mm. I, I know people, some of my friends, for example, that started to read Naruto a lot of years ago. And they leave Naruto 
before the final, before, I, I mean, at the end it's tiring to still reading this story. And that costs a lot of money actually also. Yeah. Let's be honest. Well, internet is a good friend of us for this, but yeah, but uh, we don't want to support uh, piracy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <coughs> Pirate Bay, we will. <laughs> yeah, but you are you are right. That's, uh, that is uh, sad for me. But uh, it's not only a problem for Japanese people. That is the capitalist way to do the things. Mm. I have another example about this, uh, this new way to work in animation studios or not animation because this example is for a video game company, um, a big one, a really big one, Rockstar. Because uh, the last news for, you know, the redemption, they, in Rockstar, they push a lot the workers, the animators, they push until the limit, these guys, to get ready the work for the, the correct period. Um, we are talking about a complete universe, a enormous, a huge universe, really, really detailed. So that was a crazy, crazy work. And the worst part if, uh, is if uh, some of these guys leave the project uh, before they finish the work, Rockstar delete all these names for the final credits. At the end, uh, honestly, if you and if you look, go back to the first topic and to Miyazaki, there always has been a lot of work in, in this kind of field. I mean, to, as you said, uh, Miyazaki movie is about uh, a lot of drawing, putting animation, etc., etc. On it, this is not using technology, etc. So basically, this is all about work and a lot of work and a huge amount. And basically, you are kind of making people slave for it. No, 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 no. Because uh, sure, we are talking about uh, something that uh, needs a, lo a lot of work. But if you have time, if you have uh, three, four years to dedicate to this work. It's different that uh, if you have to do the same work in two years. How many time do they took for Red, Red Dead Redemption? Uh, I don't know, but uh, honestly, doesn't care because uh, I don't know how many time is too much or mm. too less for this uh, this work. Returning to Miyazaki, he is preparing a new movie for the next years. I think. What? Really? Yes. For I see. I think that the idea is to to get ready this movie for the next uh, Olympic Games that has to be in Tokyo. So the next year or the year after. So much. And that is a good news because Miyazaki is one of the last craftsmen in this uh, industry. He is one of the last artists. Um, that is a good news for all the fans in the world, not only for Miyazaki or Japanese, uh, for animation in general. Don't you think that there is some people who are going to take kind of the, the continuation of what he has done or creating new universe? Do you think that, okay, this is a huge world to say that, but do you think that Japanese animation is going to die at the same time than him and people of his generation? 
could be or could not be. I don't know because uh, it's true that uh, is the the death of a whole generation, but another generation have to have to go. Yeah, but if you think so, the late not the late motive, but the more powerful inspiration of this generation was this idea of war, etc. Now we are going to arrive uh, and have producer from a generation which was a peaceful one during a good economical time, I would say more or less, except from the last years, maybe for sure. But without that, so is there still many things to say? This, this is people who have been raised in this modern, without many traditional things, Japanese uh, society, living in, in cities and not anymore from the countryside, cut down from their or origin, so aren't we going to lose the main point of what was an, uh, Japanese animation, which means the mix between modern modernity and traditional and legend and spirits and all these these things. Don't you think that we are going to lose it, or they are going to make just some copies of, of that? Or maybe the boat. Yeah. Maybe the boat. Nozika <laughs> two. Nozika two. Or Shiro too. She has she has tried and is she's the one which is taking her tried to this place and she's the one she, which is becoming a pig. <laughs> no, but it could be possible because if you think about that, what is doing Disney in this moment? The yeah. live action of Dumbo. Yeah, right, but. Hopefully Disney is just, I would say sorry, I'm a huge Disney fan of, of the old ones, but so Disney is the worst, I would say, example to follow. Yes. It's a pessimistic way to finalize our program. Right? <laughs> yeah, but we are all, always finishing like that. Remember the podcast that we've been recording about Venezuela in the, not the last, but one of the last about politics with Adam, and that was exactly the same. So, if yeah. you want to get depressed, dear listeners, you know that you count on us. Yes, go to Mustar, go to Sebastian and Miguel program, uh, <laughs> prepare to die. <laughs> but, uh, with uh, your permission, dear listeners, I think that it's time for Sebastian and for me to take a beer. Uh, actually, yeah, I already took one, so this is time for Miguel to have at least um, a beer because he's the professional one. But I'm waiting for this beer until, I don't know... Ten minutes now. Ten minutes, yeah, ten minutes yeah. maybe. And we're still waiting for this beer. So stay tuned and for sure on the next free topic we are going to talk about this beer and tell you if Miguel got it or not. <laughs> See you. See you.